Leaning Toward Wisdom, the podcast. Breeze Retreat, the Ella Studio version 3.0, and our Encore chapter. It's a new episode of Leaning Toward Wisdom, the podcast. It's also one with a confusing and way too long title. I know, I need to work on the headline writing. Marie, she was my maternal grandmother. She was Bessie Marie Burns, born on April the 8th, 1906, near Sulphur, Oklahoma. She died on February the 2nd, 1982, in Ada, Oklahoma. She despised her first name, understandably. I mean, who wants to go by Bessie? Everybody called her Marie, but anybody who really knew her called her Re for short, R-E. I'll tell you more about her next. I just registered reesretreat.com. No, there's no apostrophe in it because the internet doesn't allow that. But it is R-E apostrophe S, Rees Retreat. I've been, I've been dreaming. I've been conniving. I've been planning for three years. Now, I'm still working. I'm still working the controls as deftly as possible so I can land this plane. I can see this thing to fruition. I can see the airport. The tower hasn't instructed me to land yet. Don't have an assigned runway, but man, am I optimistic? And I'm hoping, hoping, hoping that I can land this plane, this plane that is my plan. I'm hoping that I can do that before I run out of fuel. We'll see. We'll see. Now, let me give you some background here it was almost four years ago that we booked an airbnb reservation to a place that we had never been before it just looked like our kind of a place lots of trees mountainous walking trails wildlife serene quiet woods it was just woods and i love woods best of all it was just one state away in arkansas a five-hour drive and here I am four years later and multiple trips. Oh, and a year of podcasting about this place under my belt. Cause we started the podcast on June the 1st last year, 2021. The podcast is called HSV inside HSV stands for hot Springs village. And here I am now leaning toward making an investment in this place. Well, another investment. 
the first investment that I made was the podcast. Well, actually the first investment was being a short term renter who would go over there via Airbnb kind of stuff and stay for a week at a time. And Rhonda and I've made multiple trips over there. And I'm going to tell you, it's kind of a place that is so magical that until you've spent three or four weeks there, you really don't have much of a scent. You don't, you just don't have a clue because it's 26,000 acres of awesomeness. And we start the podcast on June the 1st, 2021. And then at some point, I think it was November, December of 2021, Rhonda and I bought a piece of property. We bought a lot from my co-host of that podcast, Dennis Simpson. And so those were the, those were the, the investments, short-term rental investment to go stay and spend some time over there, starting the podcast and then buying a piece of property. And now we're leaning toward something even more significant than that. We'll see. We'll see how it goes. Still trying to land the plane as I'm hitting the record button. But Ree's retreat and where Marie, my maternal grandmother, comes into the picture is I began to really look and research and study and get fairly intrigued with short-term rental. Number one, because I was a customer. And as I stayed in bedroom suites, which was what we did, we stayed in not inside people's houses, but a separate suite. And it was just me and Rhonda. And I, I kept looking at it and I kept looking at it and I kept thinking about it. And my co-host Dennis, he's, he's involved in that business. And I met a few other people who were involved in that business. And I got really intrigued with it, especially as I'm getting older, because I thought this is a, this is, it's really great. It's not passive income, but it's great kind of sort of passive income. And not that I'm, I'm not wanting to be some big rock star player, mind you. I mean, you can go online and you can find all kinds of people. You can go on YouTube and you can find people that are, I mean, they've got dozens and dozens and dozens of properties. No, 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 no. I, I have no interest in that. I've got interest in having one or two kind of places. And the more I learned about it, the more I crunched the numbers and the more I kept thinking back about my grandmother, my maternal grandmother, Re. Now, for context, let me tell you that there were some years that and I'm guessing between the ages of 4 between the ages of 4 and 5 and 7 and 8 a three to four year period. Now it's not that there weren't other times that were important for me, but there was a three to four year period with my grandmother that were, I think, especially impactful for me. And it's remarkable for me to think now as, as an old guy, for me to think about being four or five up to seven or eight. And those things that happened so early in my life, still having some impact in who I am, but they do. Well, just ponder that for a while. If you're a parent or a grandparent, just stop and think about that for a while. Um, 
it's not that it's not that kids remember everything. I, I was commenting. This was a good while back. Somebody, they went to a fir, the first birthday party. And you know how these first birthday parties go, right? You set the kid in a high chair and they put the cake in front and the kid just dives into this cake. And, and we were commenting during one of those, the kid's never going to remember this. The kid is going to remember being older than this, probably four or five and seeing pictures of it or seeing video of it, but actual memory of it. Nah, not going to happen. Not going to happen. You don't remember anything when you were one. I don't know when consciousness hits as far as memory goes. I have done the exercise a few times of trying to think, okay, what's your first memory? And the difficulty of that is you, you've got to take into account. You've heard stories. You have watched home movies. And for us, those were, you know, the old eight millimeter film. You have seen photographs. And so is it really a memory? Is it something that you you actually remember or are you remembering being told about it? Are you remembering watching a home movie about it? Are you remembering stories that you were told about it? Photographs you were shown of it. Who knows? There's no way to know. But I do have influence. I do have those years where absolutely positively this was a woman who influenced my life. There's just, that's without question. What specific things I remember, some may be vague. Others, I absolutely positively know. I experienced it. I saw it. I remember it. How old was I? Don't know. I mean, we could probably reverse engineer it and figure it out. But I can give you a few illustrations. I vividly remember her cooking in the kitchen. I vividly remember eating at her kitchen table and her dining room table, mostly the dining room table. Uh, I remember flour being just strewn all over the place. Now, these were houses that had the old pine cabinets. I mean, so much so that you, the sap, you could see sap oozing in places in the cabinets. Now her cabinets were pretty much (laughs) covered in flour. It was like a flour bomb went off in her kitchen. And this was not a big kitchen. Kitchens were not big. I commented to Rhonda the other day for a woman who cooked so much and loved to cook and bake so much. And they were reasonably well-to-do, but she never had, she did not have a kitchen. The very worst kitchen that Rhonda and I have had was probably superior to the best kitchen she ever had. A single oven, a refrigerator that was hot, probably high-end. It was built in, but it was small. It was, it was like half of a half of a refrigerator kind of a thing a chest freezer out on the back porch a cooktop that was absolutely positively nothing to write home about and that was pretty much it and we're not talking listen we're this is pre-micro microwave days 
And I think about all the meals that this woman prepared. And I think about all the things that she cooked from a kitchen like that. And I'm like, you know, she would have, she would know what to do with a, with forget a gourmet kitchen, just, just a, a decent modern kitchen. Uh, She, she would, she would feel like she had been jettisoned to another planet kind of remarkable so i remember those things i remember a closet she had a closet and it had a little desk kind of a thing that was her makeup stand had a mirror had a little fabric covered chair sitting in it and she would make up herself sitting in that closet it wasn't a big walk-in closet by the way And sometimes during the day, I would see her emerge from the closet and I would know she's been in there praying. Yeah. Go into your closet to pray. It's not just literal, but many times for her, it was just go pray in private. And she did a sofa in the main living room at the back of the living room, which was this kind of long room and a sofa on the back wall and daily naps, daily naps were taken right there. Now the daily nap was preceded by a little new Testament that she would open and she would read the Bible for a bit. And then she would close her eyes for a bit and it wouldn't be long 30 minutes. I'm guessing but it didn't seem like it would be very long. So I have those kinds of memories. And this was a woman that I absolutely positively knew, um, loved me, cared for me, wanted my best. Um, She was absolutely a safe person for me. I'll put it that way. So I'm, I'm coupling this together and let me bridge these two things that I've talked about this hot springs village, Arkansas, and my intrigue with short-term rentals and re my maternal grandmother. And the reason I registered re's retreat short-term rental people, you know, you market the thing as you should and people name, they name these suites. Well, very, very early on when I was intrigued with this idea, I instantly knew I know what I'm going to call if I ever do have a bedroom suite that I rent to people in hot springs village. I know what it's going to be named. It's going to be named Rees retreat and it's going to be named after her. And I had already thought, and I'll have some photographs. I'll write something out to kind of tell her story briefly. And I'm going to, I'm going to put some things on the wall and there's a photograph for today's episode. It, it is, you won't be able to, you won't be able to tell what it is other than me telling you I've got a larger photograph, but obviously I'm not going to put a massive, you know, 4,000 by 4,000 pixel photograph on online. I could, but this is a, an oatmeal cookie recipe. Her recipes were all handwritten and they were handwritten on scraps of paper. This one was written on an envelope. Who knows? It was, 
it was a letter. It was correspondence. It was something it was hand addressed because if you were to look on the back of this photograph that I have posted, it's framed. My sister had it framed in some, you know, rustic wood glass on the, on the front, all of the recipes they're written in pencil and this one, the paper is old, it's weathered, it's worn. Who knows? It probably sat in a drawer for who knows how long. And it has her address. It has her address on the back side of it. And it's stuff like that. It's stuff like that that I would absolutely hang inside Ree's retreat. So... Oh, I don't have the place yet. <laughs> I'm planning way ahead. I told you I'm, I'm flying the plane as, as deftly as I can. I just, no, I'm not, I haven't landed the plane yet. I'm still working. I'm still working out these details, but now, you know, Ree's retreat. Well, here's a few thoughts. That time period between the ages of four and five and seven and eight is about the same time period that I have now known about Hot Springs Village, Arkansas and fallen in love with Hot Springs Village, Arkansas and been thinking about this. Same kind of a time period, three to four years. I've been dreaming, conniving, planning this for almost four years, three to four years. The same time period that this woman had the biggest impact on me. Now she died in 1982. Rhonda and I had been married for about four years when she died. We had both of our kids. So, you know, there's that, but the real impact, the real, real impact was as, as a child that got me thinking about my own grandparenting. And these kids that are important to me, there's five of them. And you and I both know that when kids get to be a certain age in their teens, ah, come on, you know, you want to go hang with your friends and stuff and being around parents and whatnot. Um, I don't know. It, it, it just, it's just the natural progression of life. And I live around my grandkids. And after about the age of eight or so, I didn't live around my grandparents anymore. Now it was, now it was seeing them. It was, um, them visiting. It was us visiting. It was that kind of, it was that kind of a thing. So it's not like I didn't have a relationship with her. It's not like she was unimportant to me. It was just during those years of four to five to seven or eight, it was just a, it was a lot more. I was around her a lot more. And I don't know all the circumstances of that. I just know that I was Sunday dinners, for instance, you just, I mean, she cooked, well, she cooked full blown meals all the time, but especially on a Sunday. So it was just that kind of a, it was that kind of a life. And we're talking about Ada, Oklahoma. We're talking about a small town in Oklahoma and to say that I grew up in a small town, I did during those years, but I never felt like a small town boy because I really grew up in cities. 
because after that, I never lived in, I never lived in a place that had fewer than a couple of hundred thousand people after leaving Ada, Oklahoma. So most of my consciousness, most of my coming of age is in towns way bigger, (laughs) way bigger. So I definitely do not consider myself, even though I was born in a small town, I don't consider myself a small town kind of guy. Yeah, but I'm kind of reverting back to my roots because I'm kind of, I'm, I'm really fond of this place, Hot Springs Village. And there's, I don't know, what are there, 16,000 people there? I mean, we're, we're talking, it makes Ada, Oklahoma look like a city. <laughs> but I love it. I just love it. So it's kind of fascinating, you know, for me to think about the time frames here and three or four years and the, and man, what a difference can it make? And you and I both know we've lived long enough. You and me both have lived long enough to know that, man, what a difference a day can make, but a difference for three or four years and the influence and the impact that three or four years can make in our lives. It can be, it can be big. It can be really big, especially when you're dreaming a dream. And I'm dreaming a dream and I hope you're dreaming a dream and the dream I'm dreaming. One of the parts of the dream I'm dreaming is Ree's retreat. And I hope I can make it come to fruition. And my vision is pretty simple. I'm envisioning a really nice, not luxurious, but a really nice king size bedroom suite with a nice kitchen and nice space and nice outdoors. And I'm envisioning that as Ree's retreat. Cause I just got a feeling it would be a place that she would approve of. So there's that. So that's the first part of this whole thing. The yellow studio 3.0 as I'm recording, I'm in yellow studio 2.0. Now yellow studio 1.0 began sometime around 2000. And it was born with the purchase of a, way too much equipment hardware because I really wanted broadcast quality audio and I got it because I had broadcast quality equipment and yep, I invested a little bit of money. I'd set a little bit of money away and got this little rack of equipment and man, it was great. And it was wonderful. It was a ton of wires and all this stuff. And it was not the easiest thing in the world to configure and to get going, but it worked. And then sometime in the fall of 2019, this little Australian company called road came out with this thing called a roadcaster pro. And this one little device replaced that whole rack of equipment and did it frankly better and cheaper. And thanks to you, many of you listening to this podcast, you, the listeners of this podcast, you helped me get that piece of equipment a few bucks here and a few bucks there at a time. And some of you more than a few bucks. And I thank you for it because if it were not for the listeners of this podcast, I wouldn't have had the roadcaster pro. And so I've, you're listening to it right now. Now, about a month ago, roadcaster road came out with a roadcaster pro two. Ooh, ah, a new, a new version. 
okay, well, let's let the bugs get out of it. The hardware is the hardware, but all the firmware updates and stuff. My goal would be for the Yellow Studio version 3.0 to consist of a Roadcaster Pro 2. Eh, we'll see. We'll see how that. That's kind of like Reese's Retreat. My, the plane's in the air, people. I see where I want to land. I'm dreaming. I'm conniving. I'm planning. I'm Come on, I'm flying here. I'm not landing just yet. I haven't made this stuff happen just yet. Now, Yellow Studio 3.0 is not going to be just a single room like Yellow Studio 1.0 and 2.0. It's going to be different. It's going to be different. It might be. It might be in one place, but it might be in two places. It might, it potentially could be wherever I'm at. It potentially could be a little more portable than that. I don't know. I don't know. I'm still working on it. Still trying to figure it out. I'm hoping that I can have yellow studio version 3.0 Arkansas in hot springs village. And I can have yellow studio version 3.0 Texas. Now we'll see. We'll again, we'll, can I land the plane? Don't know. Don't know. And Rhonda's flying right here beside me. So it's going to take both of us to land this plane and we're trying, we're working on it. Time will tell. We'll see. You can expect the podcast to continue, Lord willing. You can expect, in fact, you can expect all the podcasts to continue. So this podcast, Leaning Toward Wisdom, it's the oldest of them all. Grow Great is next. That's over at my work website. And growgreat.com is where that's at. Hot Springs Village Inside Out is the newest, but... I'm, I'm in love with it too. I'm in love with all of them. You know, they're kind of like children. You, I'm, I'm, I love them all. HSVinsideout.com is where that one's at. Uh, and I, I, I dabble in a few others as well, but those are for now. Those are, those are the big ones. So that's the yellow studio 3.0. It's still a work in progress in my mind. I'm still thinking about it. Now here's what it's likely going to consist of, because this is the way I feel like I want to roll. Well, this is the way I'm pretty certain I want to roll. I'm less interested in a room. I'm more interested in the space and the space, meaning I'm more interested in man. Wouldn't it be great? Wouldn't it be great if the yellow studio consisted of whatever desk arrangement I have and whatever technology I have, whatever computer I have, whatever the gear, you don't care about any of that, but wouldn't it be great if I'm looking out and I'm seeing some woods of hot springs village, that would be pretty terrific. That's the goal. That's the goal for the yellow studio 3.0. I'd like to be by a window where I'm looking at woods. That'd be great. It'd be awesome. Our encore chapter. Here's what happens in life. You start out like I did with a grandmother and you're four, you're five, you're six, you're seven. You're beginning to remember things. Your consciousness is kind of intact and you're just beginning to write the story. I mean, maybe, are you really writing a story at that age? You're probably writing the introduction, but these are formative years. So these are important to the story. These are important to your story. Four-year-old you, five-year-old you, six, seven, eight-year-old you. They, these are important years in your story writing. 
you're learning an awful lot of things during these years. It might be argued that some of the best learning you're doing is happening before you ever go to a schoolhouse, a schoolhouse. (laughs) Nobody calls it a schoolhouse, but you understand it. The encore chapter, you you start reaching the encore chapter when you get old, (laughs) older. Now for me and Rhonda, we're just writing it the way we hope is best. And you can think, well, do it your way. Write it, write, write, write it the way you want it to be. Yes, I'm all for that. The problem that I've got with that kind of language is it just sounds too selfish. And we are writing our encore chapter the way we hope is best because we've got some, well, we've got some things that are worth, they're worth talking about here before we wrap it up. What are the priorities of your life? I've said it for years and years. If everything is important, nothing is important. We have got to prioritize our lives. We have to prioritize our activities. We've got to prioritize our businesses. We got to prioritize everything. And I get that a lot of people say, well, no detail is too small. Everything matters. Everything is important. It's just not true. Not based on the way we live. We give our time and attention to the things that we want to. I mean, I get really tired of hearing people. Yeah, I just, man, I just don't have time. I'm sorry. I hadn't, I hadn't had time to No, you, you've got time. It just wasn't important to you. I mean, we would be better served to just go ahead and be honest. You know, I had time, but I really didn't want to do what you asked me to do. You know, I had time, but I really didn't want to return your email. I didn't want to return your call. I didn't want to answer your text. (laughs) Wouldn't you just kill over with somebody's honesty if that happened to you? Yeah, me too. Don't hold your breath. It's not likely going to happen. Well, I could do it. I can do it for you. (laughs) We're writing it the way we hope is best. Now, here's the priority. And I will admit to you that there's... There's a whole bunch of crossover here. The priority is spiritual. Faith, faith is the thing. And if you get nothing from today's episode, get this. And if you don't get this, then please research this and investigate this and read the scripture, read the Bible and come to your own conclusions about this because here it is. Eternity changes everything. Eternity changes everything. Oh, I get, I get that some of you don't believe in God. I get that some of you don't believe in life after this life, but I do because I believe the scripture. I believe the Bible and life after this life is based on how we live this life. I wrote down a long, long time ago, there are no dead atheists. And I wrote that based on the parable. Is it a parable? Is it not a parable? It could be argued. This much is true. Even if it's a parable, parables are all based on truth. They're not based on fiction. They're not based on fable. The rich man and Lazarus. Lazarus was a pauper. He was a beggar. He didn't have much. He just begged crumbs off the rich man's table. 
They both died. The poor beggar, he goes to paradise. The rich man, he goes to torment. He had not been a good human in this life. The poor man had been a good human. He was just poor. And now the rich man, man, he just wants, he just wants the beggar that he spurned in this life. Can you just please let him dip his finger in water and come put a drop of water on my tongue? That's how miserable he was. No, can't happen. There's this big gulf between us and it can't be crossed. Well, then at the very least, I've got, I got brothers. I got brothers back in life on earth. Can you, can you at least, can you send somebody back to warn them? Don't come here. Don't live your life so that you'll end up where I'm at. No, they have Moses and the prophets. Let them hear them. Yeah, but they won't listen to them. They won't. But if somebody came back from the dead, they would listen to that. Can't happen. Can't happen. I don't know if that rich man was an atheist or not. But if he was, he's not now. He's not now. And so eternity does change everything. Okay, I won't go to preaching. But spiritual health, and yes, that does include and involve emotional and mental health. That matters. Roll it all up in one big ball, and that's important. That's the priority. We've got to take care of ourselves spiritually because we have to give an account to God for this life. So that matters. Secondarily, it matters because, well, we want to be good humans and we want to have a good influence, particularly on our five grandkids. I want Rhonda, known as Nana, and me, known as Papa. Yeah, I want us to have an impact on these kids. My grandmother particularly re had a profound impact on me. We're hoping that we have had a profound impact on our grandkids. Time will tell. We've put in the work, the youngest, he's seven, the oldest 15. So we've had this window. We've been seizing the opportunity with this window of time and, and we hope we hope the window stays open a little bit longer. We get it. We understand it. We also have hope that, okay, well, we can be a good place to come visit every now and again. And we can come and visit every now and again. But spiritual is the deal. Next is financial. And that is not a pursuit of money. That is financial in the terms of being self-sufficient, sustainable, not a burden. There's the rub. You realize as you get older that you can be burdensome to your family. There's not an old person worth their salt that wants to be a burden to their family. Some are through no fault of their own. It's just the circumstances of life. I can't tell you how many people I know who are my age and they've got aging parents who have suffered Alzheimer, all kinds of dementia, all kinds of health problems. It is what it is. Right. We just, we've got to do the right thing. But as an older person, as an aging person, you absolutely want to do everything you can to put yourself in a position so that you're no more of a burden 
than is necessary. You at least want to lighten the burden as much as possible. And so that's a big part of all this. Got to be responsible. I've talked at length about cash flowing our life, and it's what we've always done, and now it's even more important. We want to cash flow our life. And the third thing, I've already talked about it, but it's family. Yes, these are all intertwined. I told you that. But it's family. Family, family, family. These are the people that I'm not foolish. I don't claim to have a lock on wisdom, but I am not foolish. The people that are mostly going to be impacted by me are the nine people that consist of my tribe. There's nine. There's me and there's nine. I'm not saying there's that you don't count. I'm not saying that other people that know me don't count, but not as much as those nine. And that's true for you. That's true for me. That's true for everybody. Nine. I'm really working hard to have as big an impact as I can have, as big a positive impact as I can have on nine people. You can sit there and think, nine, man, just nine? Yeah, just nine. Because I started out talking to you about Bessie Marie Burns. She was just one. be worth a future episode to talk about the power of an individual the power of a single person you can be that person i can be that person marie Marie was that person oh i could tell you stories but they won't matter to you but they matter to me so i'm hoping that i can make Ree's retreat a reality I'm hoping I can make the Yellow Studio version 3.0 a reality. I'm hoping that Rhonda and I can write our encore chapter the way that we're planning and the way that we're currently writing it. Hoping we can land the plane. We've been flying together for a long, long time. We've had a few landings. We've had a few mishaps. We've had a few crashes. We've had a few aborted landings all along the way. Hoping that we can make this one reasonably smooth. Time will tell. I will keep you informed. The website is leaningtowardwisdom.com. My name is Randy Kentrell. Greetings and welcome from the Yellow Studio version 2.0.